morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 81. A little bit delayed, but we finally got there. Right, Coach? We we, we got there. We got there. You know, We're here. Yeah, we, yeah, we, are, we are here. We are here. Uh, Dave Bollish, the girls' basketball coach at Scotts Bluff High School out in the panhandle of Nebraska, is on the podcast this week. And super excited to have Coach Bollish on. He's you're, you're on vacation, aren't you, Coach? Yeah, I've been been doing the vacation thing. So I've done some Black Hills and going to see the Tetons uh, here the next uh, tomorrow and do some fishing. And so just, uh, you know, taking taking advantage of my month of July here that's off yeah. between uh, hoops and school. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm glad that I could catch you where, where the one cell phone tower is out in that entire area. So <laughs> Yes, sir. Uh, but before we get to Coach, uh, of course, we want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can give them a call at 402-964-0300, or you can check out their practice at COSACchiro.com. That's K-O-S-A-K-C-H-I-R-O.com. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. If you're listening, of course, you're on iTunes, so download, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can get the word out, gain momentum, and help coaches hone their craft. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and go check out a pen and a napkin.com. It's a website. I built it. I know. It's good. Go check it out. A pen and a napkin.com. There's a ton of coaching resources on there, including our university program. So, Coach Bollish, Coach Dave Bollish, Scotts Bluff High School. Uh, Coach, I guess, uh, you know, we, we had a chance to talk uh, pre-roll here before we started recording. Uh, but for the folks that uh, don't know a lot about you, I usually uh, start off this way. Uh, tell us about your background, uh, where you came from, your background in the game, your journey in the game, and how you ended up being the girls' basketball coach at Scotts Bluff High School. Um. Well, you know, my, my dad was a coach, and uh, I was was in a lot of practices as a little guy and uh, was a player. Um, really was never a great player, but uh, I certainly was willing to work hard. I had a mentor uh, named Craig Cooper uh, who went to K-State and played basketball there behind Kruger and um, now coaches for Oklahoma. I had just retired. I can't remember. Yeah, so, yeah he just retired, um, yep. Just retired, so that was that was who uh, who Coop backed up for. But uh, he he inspired me for uh, to coach and to pursue that. I started I got to start coaching um, when I was fifteen. Uh, I was the seventh grade B team coach, and Cooper let me come in and work with those guys. And then I'd uh, go on back to to practice. We had early late stuff, and so got to coach seventh grade boys basketball when I was in high school, and then. Um, Went out to to Sydney, Nebraska, and I coached uh, youth uh, community community basketball there, and worked with uh, a pretty good group of boys when they were fourth graders. Uh, um, I would be Wetzel and Cutter, and um, oh, not uh, not Wetzel, but um, 
Jake Heron and all those guys. Winholz, not Wetzel. So those guys, when they made their big state run, uh, it was fun to watch those guys after having worked with them when they were in the fourth grade. And then went on to Kearney, did some more YMCA basketball, coached boys uh, freshman basketball in St. Paul, and then uh, ended up landing the, the JV job with uh, Coach Larson in 2013 back in Scotts Bluff. And um, we kind of we kind of rebuilt it from there. So I think those first two years, we won like four games. We were about four and 20. Uh, well, we were two and 21, two and 22 each year. So we ended up mm-hmm. being about four and 40 something uh, to start there. But I uh, got it turned around. And so um, we that was back when you just had to win the district, uh, your local district to qualify. So we won that a couple of times and got to play uh, Plainview and got to play uh <laughs> Pious. So that was that was quite the experience. Um, and uh, that, that was bad. That was bad life. math for you guys. What's that? That's bad math for you guys playing. No, pious. no, yeah, the, that uh, that eight one game and seven two games a little tough. So mm-hmm. <laughs> lesson lesson learned there. But I think those were huge building blocks and kind of a turning point for the program. Um, and then I was I was able to take over uh, when Rachel stepped down. And so we've been rocking and rolling. Um, this will be year number nine um with the Bearcats so mm-hmm. looking forward to it and uh, been really been really thankful and, and just kind of blessed and and had some tremendous opportunities with some special kids here at Scott's Bluff so that's kind of my basketball background from learning how to walk to, to still just being here right now so sure. that's basically it yeah what uh what did you take away because going to the state tournament as an assistant coach or a national tournament or if you're uh if you're a Division One coach, you're going to the to the March Madness or whatever it may be, whatever your situation be. As an assistant coach, um, it's it's much different than taking your team there as a head coach. What are some things that that you learned as an assistant coach going to those first couple of state tournaments, where you know you 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 had a pretty good feeling that it was you know yeah you watch all the film and that type of thing, but the you know you you had a pretty good you probably had a pretty good idea that it was going to be one and done. Uh, but yet you, you, you knew you had things to learn, uh, when you were there, right. what, what were some things that you learned as an assistant coach going through those experiences? So I, I think that just every time we've made the tournament, um, it, it is a, just an unbelievable learning experience. So I would say probably the first time that I went, um, I, I really, I had no idea what to expect. You know, I grew up in Colorado and I hadn't been on a team that had made the state tournament and hadn't really you know, I'd been further out west, and so I hadn't gone and just participated and just to see what it was like. So it was my first experience to really what the state basketball tournament was like for Nebraska. So that was eye-opening, and I just remember um, sitting there just kind of having this feeling like we got to come back. Like mm-hmm. I, I badly want to come back and, and do this again. And so I think that was just kind of getting to feel that buzz, that experience was important and lit a fire for me um i think the second time we came uh you know that was really kind of this i think i i understood the gravity of how um serious the commitment to the process had to become if you wanted to be there and compete and be there consistently and so i think that was the thing that i saw i was like oh man that was so special to get there and have that experience and then i was like but i want that experience again and i want it to be more normal than it was for us you know our 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 school has really only made the state tournament five times um 
you know, and so every part of our staff has actually been part of that experience um, for our school, which is crazy. And that, mm-hmm. that's actually been a tremendous help for me is that I've I've just got this brain trust of, of people that are helping me. But um, I think that for sure as an assistant was just feeling the buzz and catching catching the bug was huge. And then, then I think appreciating and noticing uh, the commitment to the process to get kids to buy in and to be at that level consistently, I think was the thing I took away the second time. So. So, um, that, I'd say that was it for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the transition you you had mentioned it that you came in and you were the assistant coach and you you did your job and so forth and so on. Uh, the head coach steps aside and you slide up from assistant coach to the head coach, which is which is something that that I went through as well when I made that transition uh-huh. at Scott. Um, what um, it's two part question here, Dave. So, uh, what were what were the things that you thought? Okay, I'm pretty prepared for this part of this 18 inch slide over. And what were the things that? Holy crap! Uh, this really caught me off guard in that 18 inch yeah. slide over. So let's let's start with what you thought you were prepared for. What were the things that you knew were part of the job, and you felt like you were really ready for it. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and I have to first just give Rachel Larson a ton of credit because be, her leadership style and the way that she and I worked together was so collaborative um, and so cooperative that um, I really felt like I was empowered through practice and just watching film and stuff like that. I mean, I really had a lot of rope um, to work, you know, to, to design parts of practice, run parts of practice, and and with a lot of, of what we did, philosophy. I mean, she just had a tremendous um, ability and just like this brave humility about her to be like, yeah, bring it, bring in all the information, bring everything you can to the table and didn't have any ego about it. And so I I felt like I was in a place where I was already coaching a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really felt good about practice. I really felt games, uh, felt good about games. I felt good about preparation. Um, and those types of things. Now, things that that I was not ready, you know, I'm, I felt good about those and, and felt like I was ready. Things that, and, and she and I have joked about this a hard time since, but that first couple of years, I used to call her all the time and go, how did you not tell me about this? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where is the book of stuff that you forgot to tell me about? And that just came down to like, be, you know, preseason surveys, postseason surveys, uh, surveys, uploading um, stats, calling the paper, uh, sending in this, you know, being on this committee, um, you know, all those types of things that are part of that job that, like, you know, no one ever talks about. Yeah. So I always, yeah. I always joked with her about like, how many more of these things are you know are going to come up that you didn't tell me about? And uh, so I think that that was probably the biggest part, and I think that. When I was when I was in the JV position and I was able to go into practice and just say, "Hey, I really believe in this. This is what we need to do," or whatever. Like, it's so much easier to walk in and say, "This is what we need to do," when you're not the one that everyone's looking at because <laughs> that decision or that call was made. You know, what I mean. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, opinions are a know, lot different than decisions. Right. Right. And so that really does kind of 
I think when you start to carry that weight and feel that pressure and I mean, and, and you know, this, every coach knows this all of a sudden, you know, you're the, you're the JV, you're the assistant guy and you're walking through Safeway or Walmart or whatever. And everybody says, Hey, and then you're the head guy. And all of a sudden people that used to talk to you aren't talking to you anymore. Yeah. Well, it does. <laughs> so, it, it does. I, I think that was, um, in my experience, that was, uh, difficult. That was really difficult. Uh, because I had gone, and I don't know how many years it was, but it was close to 10 years at that point, 10 or 11 years where I had either been the first year head coach and, and, and I called, I always called the first year the honeymoon because, right. you know, everybody's excited to have the new coach and this and that. Right. And, and, and then they, you know, then, then, you know, people, you know, not everybody, but there's a, there's usually a percentage and. Uh, right. Of people that start nitpicking on this and that, and you said this and you didn't do that or whatever it may be, and and I think uh, that was a a big eye opener to me in how quickly uh, people people can um, change their perception of you and how their perception is their reality, and it doesn't matter what the reality is. They right. believe no matter what you do, that's what it is. Right, right, and I think that, hundred um, percent correct. You know, their, their their perception is their reality, and that's what their that's their experience. That's what they're living through, and so I think that's one of the that's been a hard growing piece, um, just as a person and as you know in, in a leadership type role. And I've had you know mentors within the school and outside of it. You know, just try to help coach me through that. Of like, you know, you have to. If you if you believe in what you're doing, then you have to be okay with what everyone else's perception of that is. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I mean, that's hard. That that's a that's a skill. I think that's a talent. I think mm-hmm. that that's a trait um, of good leaders and of and of people in in positions where you have to make decisions that are that are um, not black and white. You know, that yeah. are that are critical choices. That that. Uh, could go either way. You know, I think that's the tough thing too, is that your people, I think oftentimes forget that as coaches, we are so consumed in, in all of the factors, you know, all of the kids, all of the parents, all of the staff, all the community, all the administration, all the other, you know, bands and clubs. And, you know, we're, we're so, um, I think just consumed and inundated in that, that, um, you know, when we do make those decisions, we're trying to consider all those variables. And I think oftentimes from the outside, you're only considering one or two variables that matter most to you. And so, man, that's, that was, that's been the hardest part though. You know, I think having to just, all right, this is what I believe. This is the decision I'm going to make. And like now whatever happens, happens next. And just kind of, I think disabusing myself of the, um, the notion that you're going to get it all right. And mm-hmm. I think coming to terms with the fact that no matter what you do, you're getting it wrong for someone. So you got to be okay with, with it. And, uh, you know, and, and I think the biggest thing for me is just, I have tried to be really open and transparent with my team, with my, with my kids and my staff, because yeah. those are the people that, you know, you're with for 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? You're with those people nonstop all the time. And we get, you know, this, tremendous privilege to be around these kids more than their parents do and so i've just tried to take the approach of like you know what there's 
500 people watching and whatever they think is what they think. But I need these 20 people to understand and be on board with what we're doing, even if they don't like it, even if they don't love it. I need them to understand why we made the choice we're making. And so, honestly, I just try to talk to our team like they're smart, intelligent people because they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's been my general philosophy is I'm going to talk to these people like they're smart and intelligent because they are. And I think that's what all of us want is just to be, to be talked to like we can understand and like we can, we can deal with things that don't go our way as long as we understand why they're happening and what we can do to change it if we want to. So I, I've been really pleased with our kids and our staff's ability to do that. And I think that that's been a huge key to success for us is that despite those outside variables, the inside of our little team, of our little tribe, has been very, very strong. And that's that's given, I think, kids and staff and me a lot of power and confidence to just do whatever we think is best that's going to help the program be as competitive as possible. So that's that kind of, kind of got off track there. But no, 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 no. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that was the hardest adjustment to make, and that's how I've tried to deal with making that adjustment and learning uh, to combat that. So Yeah. Is it – it's it's hard to uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's hard to compartmentalize yourself to learn how to not give a crap what other people think, other than the people who are really important to the process. I believe, and, and until you go through it, it's 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 so much easier said than done. I, I right. think, don't you think? Oh yeah, I mean, and I think that because I'm terrible at that. I, I'm no good at it. I, I'm yeah. I'm literally the worst at it. You know, I mean, and I wish I, I, you know, I wish I wasn't that way. I wish I could compartmentalize and just make it. This is separate. This is basketball. But you know, and this is this is the reality of it. At least for me, is that. I can't do anything half-hearted. I can't do anything compartmentalized. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's just not how I'm wired. And so, I have to do things with my heart on my sleeve and all in and intense. And um, that's the only way I know how to be because that's truly who I am. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm I'm so bad at that, and I and I work at it really really hard like i really i really try hard to work at that and my staff tries hard to like remind me of those things and like it'll give me some perspective and i'll kind of shake some stuff off but at the end of the day like this this matters a lot to me it's a huge part of my life i've sacrificed a lot of parts for it Mm -hmm. and the criticism like you're gonna you're going to hang on to that and so um and i know that there's coaches and people that can compartmentalize that stuff I, I can't, I'm bad at it. Um, but the thing that I try to like teach our kids and like, you know, part of being transparent is like, I tell them that I'm like, I'm not good at this. Like it bothers me mm-hmm. when we play like this or when people say this about you or people say this about me mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm just like, that's just how it is. Yeah. But I have to be true to who I am because really all I'm trying to do through basketball is teach these kids to have confidence and belief in themselves for who they are. You know I mean? Yeah. I just think in today's world of, you know, Instagram and everything is, you know, picture perfect on the outside, you know, like we have to teach these kids like being who they are is the most important thing. 
You know, yeah. the world the world needs you to be exactly how you are. Not the world doesn't need, you know, a hundred cookie cutter this or hundred cookie cutter that. And so I try to I try to model authenticity by <laughs> by being myself. And that's probably just a really bad excuse for, hey, I don't have the skills to to change sure. or the the ability to change on this. But you know, I I, I, I want to be um, fully invested and completely passionate and you know, all in, in anything I do. And so that's just, that's how I do the basketball thing. Yep. That means I don't compartmentalize stuff very well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think one of the things that, that, that I've done or, you know, folks that I've talked to about it is, you know, I kind of look at it two ways or, uh, you know, it, it, I, you know, and maybe I'm just getting old and grumpy and I start yelling at the clouds or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I just say, I just think, okay, if I can look at myself in the mirror and be comfortable with what I've done and I made the best decision with the information that I had at that time or, you know, whatever the scenario be. But if I can look at myself in the mirror, then then I really don't care what anybody else thinks. Um, right. Or the, the only other time that it would bother me is if it's somebody that I feel like I truly respect and is knowledgeable and, and doesn't have a certain perception or point of view that may be right. a bit skewed to the situation. Uh, those right. are those are the only two uh, situations that, or, or that's kind of how I take a look at those type of things. And 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 you'll get better at it. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> you'll yeah. get better at it. The older you get, the you, the more you'll you'll get better at it. So uh, you know it, it. But it is. It's 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 hard. And and the folks that listen to this type of podcast are invested in kids the same way that right. you and I are. That we want them. Uh, not only to uh, win basketball games, but we want them to grow as people and we want them to be the best people that they can be and, and, and transform them with our coaching. Uh, but we give up a lot. And when you give up a lot, you you, you can potentially lose a lot. And, and in right. this situation, we're talking about our own uh, emotions and, and uh, you know, standing and, and that type of thing. Right, right. No, I think that's a that's exactly right but point that you said that you know some there's some people who you really badly want to appreciate what you're doing and how you're doing it and you know i've had people that have have been super supportive and you know and and just kind of from from skin deep on the outside you know and like that means that that's always great to have support but you know the the crazy thing to me is that i've found that so much of our evaluation comes from 10 minutes of walking through or you know, one hour of, of an eval or, you know, we watched you coach this game or, you know, I mean, it's, it's so much of that is so superficial, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's not the hours and hours and hours of being with the kids every day and on the bus and in the off season and um, working out with them and seeing them at the weight room or, you know, saying, Hey, in geometry class, or, you know, that's the, that's the stuff that, you know, a lot of people don't see. So when they make their evaluations, I always have a hard time giving them a lot of credence. And, and for, you know, I mean, I've, I've basically developed this philosophy of, you know, as long as, uh, as long as the kids want me to be their coach, then I'll be their coach. And as soon as the kids say, you know, we don't want that guy anymore. You won't have to fire me. I'll quit. As long as, as any adults who are, you know, taking a snippet here and there, if they don't want me, I really don't care what they have to say. You know, my, my, my boss, my, to me, my boss is the, the 20 to 30 kids. I'm, you know, there to, to help 
every year. You yeah. know, that's they're my boss every year, and every year I get a new group of them. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. By the way, Dave, I'll be charging you. I I, I charge uh, sixty dollars an hour for the the therapy sessions and things like that. Yeah. So I'll charge you, you charge me, and we'll be good with that. How about that? Yeah, so. that sounds perfect. I'll send you an invoice. <laughs> um, you, uh, when you stepped in, like I said, you, you, you had gone to the state tournament a couple of years ago, or a couple of years in a row, excuse me, and and then you, you kind of, when it came to wins and losses, you took some steps backwards uh, for a year or two, but it's been a slow build. Uh, yeah. and, and correct me if I'm wrong with the numbers here, but eight and sixteen to twelve and eleven to sixteen and twelve, and then last year uh, nineteen and nineteen and seven. So you, you know you've you've had this 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 slow build back up. Uh, yep. What did you? What were one, two, three things that you really emphasized with that slow build back up? You know, I think uh, when when Rachel left, there was that unbelievable you know we just had this group of seniors that was just so tough and had had just kind of helped us out um you know with with camacho and villarreal and raf schneider and holscher and like they had just been kind of the core of our program for a while so you know they had got up there and won so like i said i think we won two games then we won two games and then won 10 and won like 11 or 12 and then i think we had one year where we were maybe won seven and then we won eight and then the 16 and then the 19 so um you know i our philosophy really hasn't changed that much. You know, when, when we lost that group of kids that had been to the tournament a couple of times, we had a couple left over and we just decided that we were going to run and press and we were going to emphasize toughness and tenaciousness, um, to compete no matter what, you know I mean? That was, that was our goal was it doesn't matter if we were going to win or lose that everybody was going to earn it. And, you know, we had some kids, um, that just trusted us and bought into that. You know, I mean, uh, kids that had gone to the state tournament when they were sophomores, that'd be like Rudy Salazar and Sally Welsh and Avery Krentz. Um, and we had some talent coming in with Yada Garcia and Aubrey Krentz, uh, you know, who both ended up clearing out our record board, um, uh, and individual scoring, you know, so those, those kids between just true scoring and, um, and Aubrey being the most prolific shooter in the panhandle for, you know, four years was able to, to kind of give us some success and give us some credibility of, hey, we're going to do it like this and we're going to do it well. And if you stick to the process, it's going to come together for you. So really our our focus is, is just toughness and team. I mean, you got to be willing to go to battle I mean, and, and truly go to war. Um, Every, every single night and when you do that like and we talk about this all the time even still now you know i mean there were times last year when we won 19 games where you know we'd win and you know i mean everybody and, and it's hard it's so hard when you come in the locker room after you win and you know you didn't play well yeah. and you know you didn't play well and the kids know you didn't play well and you know that you didn't hit the bar that you're chasing but you won the game and so it's like you know, I've seen guys like Dabo Sweeney talk about, you know, I don't want to ever have kids be disappointed about a win. Yeah. And it's like, ah, I, I totally, because that's the point of the game is you're trying to win. And it's like, I totally get what you're saying there, Dabo. And I mean, that guy obviously knows something about winning and being a champion. But I also want our kids to be realistic about their performance. And I want our kids to hold themselves to the to their own bar of what the expectation is um, and, and the level of play that we're trying to have. So we've had games where, you know, 
that we've won where we're like, we played really badly there. Like, that's mm-hmm. not it. And we've had played games that we've lost or like, that's it. We're this close. That's mm-hmm. how we do it. You know, when you play like that every night, you're going to be where you want to be. And so I think it's more about chasing that chasing your your highest potential yeah. uh, more so than it is focusing on one little detail or this is what helps us win like I, I always you know my my thing that i've told kids has been i want you to play as hard as you can as long as you can the best that you can and everything else sorts its way out you know you lose some games like that where you're like hey man that team was better than us but we played them really tough and then you have some games where if you don't play like that you win and you're like yeah but that wasn't our best so i think just trying to get kids to strive for excellence um and having them understand that like that excellence is not represented by an arrangement of led lights on a <laughs> 10 by 10 board hanging yeah. in a high school gym you yeah. know just because you know that's it's really not the scoreboard so i think just trying to chase excellence in the process is is where we have um made our biggest strides and i think that's what's propelled us through those um, through the slow change like you said i mean eight you know winning eight games and losing 17 times is hard you know yeah. um that's hard, especially to when you're asking a lot of kids and demanding kids to press and get in shape and dive on balls. And, you know, that's a lot. So I think that's just been where we've had success is, hey, commit to this process and like and don't let your don't let your your worth or don't let your success be defined by the wins and loss categories and you know, let it be defined by how well did we play as a team? How well did you play as an individual? So that's that's kind of been where we've how we've tried to manage that. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but no, I, I, I think what you're, I kind of wrote this, wrote this down here. You're chasing, you're chasing the standard instead of chasing the win. Right. And, 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 and that's, that's what I'm hearing from you. Yes. I, that's, I'll take that answer. That sounds really good. Okay. You're welcome. So there's, (laughs) there's, there's two things I've given you free therapy and a, and a nice slogan. So that's perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. the slogan's double, though, right? That's 120 for the slogan. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll we'll get that we'll get that sponsored by Scotts Bluff Girls Basketball. So, yeah. So, a pen and a napkin university is a series of courses designed to help any coach at any level to hone their craft in the off season, starting the first full week of July to help develop your coaching skills. The four courses are personal growth and development, building your X's and O's philosophy, building your program, and fundamentals and drill work. Each course is seven weeks long with a new topic each week to dive into. The best thing about a pen and a napkin university is its flexibility. You can sign up for a weekly topic, an entire course, or an entire program. It's whatever fits your schedule and your budget. To register for one or all 28 topics, go to a pen and a napkin.com. This week's topic is interviewing for a job, so be sure to sign up for our university program today. Uh, Dave, you, uh, you, I, I saw a clip. Or I, I can't remember if I saw it or read it, um, but you had a quote, and I love this quote. We have kids that love being coached, and uh, you know how do you get your kids uh, to a mental situation where they want to be coached? Because sometimes teenagers and, and high school kids are, are going to be resistant to, to right. coaching. So, so how do you get your kids in that mental mindset where they want and expect to be coached? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I mean, honestly, a lot of that credit has to, has to go just to the kids themselves. I mean, the, the kids that we've had um, are 
selfless and have no ego and have been committed to the process and, and been, you know, in all honesty, committed to me. That's been the greatest reward of having been the coach the last, you know, six, seven years is that we, these these kids, these young ladies have just, uh, they've adopted me, you know, and, and uh, they've, they believe in me and believe in us and believe in what we're trying to do. And, um, and so they're willing, they, they're eager to learn and to hear. And I think that part of that, I, I think there's three parts to getting kids to be there. And number one, I think is that I think that there's gotta be some credibility. Um, I think there's gotta be some proof in the pudding. And I think they have to trust you. Um, not only with, you know, the results, but I also with the process, I think that they really have to trust you with the process that if I go through this at the end, I'm going to be at least closer to where I want to be, you know? And I think, so I think that's number one. Number two, I think is, um, I think you have to meet them where they're at. You know, I think that you have to, wherever, wherever kid A is at, if she's at level two and she wants to get to level 10, like you can't start at level six. You Mm got to start at level two with them and say, okay, this is where we're at. Next step here, next step here, next step here. And I think you just have to be willing to ride that journey with them um, on on an individual basis. You know, I think that, and I think that's a relationship, you know, start where, start where they're at. Um, become part of you know let that relationship develop and become you know part part of that team you know i think you you and the individual have to be a team and then you and the team are a team you know and so i think having those connections with each player is really important um so i think you know credibility is big i think that you know meeting them where they're at is huge and then the last piece too is just um you know i think that the authenticity and being being genuine um you know i I think that it's always crazy because if you asked, if you asked, uh, I think people who come and watch games, what my coaching philosophy or style is, I think they'd tell you it's very Bobby Knight or, you know, intense. I'm a yeller. Da, 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 da. And I think if you asked our kids what my style is, is that they would say, you know, he's a teddy bear. I think, mm-hmm. you know, so when they're spending hours and hours and hours with me, their perception is this, but I certainly do have, my Bobby Knight moments. And that's part of me being authentic and genuine. And I always tell the kids, I'm like, if I'm mad, I'm going to be mad. And if I'm disappointed, I'm going to be disappointed. If I'm excited, I'm going to be excited. If I'm, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to be that. And so I do that with them. When I'm frustrated with them, I'm frustrated with them. When I'm proud of them, I'm proud of them. When I'm choked up and moved by them, I'm choked up and moved by them. Like, you know, and and we always, that's kind of our thing on our team. It's like, I'm going to tell you I'm pissed. I'm going to tell you I love you. And I'm going to tell you those things whenever I feel them as often as I feel them. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of our rule, you know. So that authenticity piece, I think, is big. So in, in getting our kids to be coachable and wanting to be coached, I think that's where we've had success. If I had to write down recipe that's right that's what i'd say it is mm-hmm. i think you have to have some credibility i think you have to make a connection and i think you have to be genuine and authentic with with your intent for them and i think the, the authenticity piece and the genuine piece is you know it, it can't be about it can't be about you i think you know it has to be about them and what they want to do and once you get them to start thinking about what can i do to help the team then it's all uphill you yeah. know because a lot of a lot of young players are like 
well, I want to break the scoring record. Well, I want to hold the three-point record. It's like, okay, we can measure that. We can start there. And it's funny because I've, I've had this conversation, you know, seven times with, with – uh, it happens every year. Kids come in, well, I want to start. I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. And as freshmen and sophomores, that's usually where they're at. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is as juniors and seniors, I'll check in with those kids. Okay, what do you want to do? I just want to win. I just what what I just want to win. I just want to go to Lincoln. I just want to win the Final Four game. I just want to make it to the final. All I want to do is win. And it's like, okay, we got them. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, now we're ready. So I think you, you know, but it's been. I think the process along the road has been genuine. And okay, you want to achieve this? This is how we're going to do it. Uh-huh. All right. Now, what do you want to achieve? Now I want to win. Okay. Uh-huh. Now we're there. So, um, you know, I think that's that's been kind of our recipe for how we've gotten kids to really buy in. And, you know, and my staff is honestly amazing. You know I mean? Patty Burford has been with me the entire time. And I mean, we always joke cause we try to go good cop, bad cop, but it usually ends up bad cop, bad or cop, or <laughs> good cop, goodest cop. You know, we, we, we tend to screw that up all the time. We're like, all right, I'm going in there and I'm going to do this. And then you do that. It's like, okay, we get out and it's like, what happened? I don't know. You know, you got, you got wound up and I got wound up and let's just hope they come out of the locker room. That's, yeah. you know, so, so I think, you know, just having, a staff that's also genuine and cares about them, you know, like they support me all the time. You know, when there's, when they're so mad at me that they can't even talk to me and they got to go over and talk to Burford or Leslie Burger, like, Oh, he's just, he's just making me crazy. Yeah, we know he's making us crazy too. go do better. Okay. You know, yeah. so I, I think that's all those pieces combined have, have helped us, you know, that recipe and having great staff and, and having really good kids. And, and honestly, we've had, um, we like had our first parent, you know, issue in, in five years this year, you know, as a heck, like true, true parent concern issue in five years, you know, one out of five, um, that's like a coach. That's like most coaches, you know, fairy tales. That's so, a dream. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been unbelievable. We have had such good parents and families, um, supportive and buy in. And it's just been, you know, even when we get it wrong, cause we get it wrong, we mm-hmm. get it wrong all the time. You know, we get it wrong 20 times a day. You know mm-hmm. I mean? They've stood by us and had our back. And I think that that has really encouraged our kids to, to stand in there and, and have our back. So, you know, that's been, it, it's, I think that's been it. You yeah. know, um, you have gone to, uh, back-to-back state tournaments and and back-to-back semifinals. Um, right. And for those folks that are unfamiliar with the geography of Nebraska, most people know where Omaha is. Uh, right. And, but not a lot of people realize that 99.99% of the population is between your town and my town. Uh, you right. are on the complete opposite end of the state. You're, you're, you're in the panhandle. Uh, gosh, you know, you're the biggest city within probably what a 200 mile radius easily. Uh, uh clo- yeah, you know, ish. Cheyenne, about a hundred, about a hundred miles away, but you know, for as far as Nebraska goes, easily 200 yeah. miles. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you've gone there, uh, a couple years ago, you beat Bennington in the first round, which is a, a yeah. suburb of Omaha growing, you know, bedroom community. Uh, you beat Crete. Last year, the defending state champions. Um, do you feel like when you get into that state tournament situation, that obviously you're playing for yourselves, you're playing for your your team, you're you're, you're coaching for your kids, so forth and so on. But there's also a, a, a little bit of piece of you that that you're you're kind of uh, you're, you're playing and coaching for everybody in that region. 
that be- because <coughs> you know we had kind of talked about it uh, before we started uh, recording. Uh, you know, it's it's our geography is unique here in the state, right. and and uh, th- there is you know kind of a you know there's a, a an unwritten rivalry I would guess between the eastern part of the state and the western part of the state and perceptions of both and so forth and so on. Yep. So so when you when you beat a Bennington, when you beat a defending state champion in Crete, when you uh compete very well against a Beatrice and and a Elkhorn North uh at in the semifinals. Uh you know, do you feel like you're kind of carrying the flag for the Panhandle and and that area and those kids out in that area a little bit? You know what? I think I think all of the teams from the West that make it to the tournament feel like that, yeah. uh, and I think that's true for boys and girls. You know, and, and you know, I can I tell you that honestly um, because oh, you know, I, I get it. Kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's always kind of that little like, hey, you know, you get that from your rival coaches you played three times. You know, John McClain would make it, or Tyler Shaw would make it. It's like, hey, man, rep the West, rep, rep the West. Like, go out there and, and like let them know what we're all about. And I think that there is. Um, kind of that unspoken rivalry between east and west like you you have much more um urban you know lifestyle and families and access to things and you have a much more rural style of uh lifestyle and access to amenities you know particularly when it comes to sports you know i mean that we don't have the access to gym facilities or aau programs or competition mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. that the east does and so um i don't want to say we're at a disadvantage but i think that we are <laughs> but we have different realities when yeah. it comes to getting to those those types of opportunities so um you know i don't think it's bad i don't think it's a bad blood thing i think that no uh, you know I, but I, but i think that Honestly, you know, Martin, if I was, I think if I was at Omaha Scott and I was going to the state tournament, I'd feel like I was, I was carrying a flag too. I think that's the way way I'm, I'm wired and like, Hey man, we're going to go represent our school and we're going to show people what we're all about. And, you know, we're going to give people a run for their money. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, I I think that, um, I think the kids and like, I'm, I'm probably not fully disclosing, like we hype it, we hype it up a little bit for the kids, you know, to get them motivated. Hey, you know, this, they're the city, we're the country, like we get, you know, their, their, their life is different than your life. You know, we try to make it kind of, you know, this rivalry of something to prove, chip on your shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I think that other than that, though, it, it really is just the, it's the experience to be like, oh, like this is this is my state. Like, these are my people. Like, this is the best of the best. You know, I, I love that we've, we've changed that format to, so that you really have to earn making it to the tournament. It's yeah. like, yeah, once you make it, like it's, it's the real deal. Only, mm-hmm. only the good teams are there. Yeah. So only the teams that win when it counts are there anymore. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And I think that that's just kind of giving it a little bit of, of credibility for the kids of like, ah, oh, we made it, we earned it, we deserved it. And now I want to prove something about it. So, um, you know, I think we've, we've been super, you know, we, we lost to GI Northwest, um, three years ago and they went on to be the state champions. So we've lost the two state champions and a runner up and, and we feel like we belong. Um, but part of that is, you know, like you said, geography, we, we go up to South Dakota and we play all those Cheyenne schools and we play in the Gillette tournament. And so we have to, we travel quite a ways to try to get as close to competition as we'll see out East because we just, we know, we know how good it is there. We know how good the players are there. We know how competitive those games are. And, um, 
you know, we, we just want to be ready. We want to, we want to keep being ready. So that way we can carry the flag. And, you know, speaking of that, the, I do have to throw a little bit of a shout out to some schools like Mitchell and Bridgeport and Shadron and North Platte. You know, some of those schools that Hemingford, some of these schools that have been from the West that have made it out to the tournament. Like, you know, we don't girls basketball, girls state basketball tournament. There's not a lot of kids and families taking, you know, Thursday, Friday off to go down and support. Mm -hmm. So, those schools have come and been, you know, cheering sections for each other. So I think there is kind of that, like, you know, like Norris or whatever, they let school out. <laughs> so yeah. They've got yeah. 300 kids over there and we've got like the North Platte girls and <laughs> the girls that in between their games cheering for us. So there is kind of that camaraderie, like East West, like we're going to support each other thing. That's been really, really cool uh, to witness the last couple of years. Cause you know, we play North Platte. We've had some grudge matches with, with North Platte and then they're over there cheering for us. Yeah. You know? So, so that's been kind of really a neat thing that's happened. Absolutely. Yeah, it is cool to see when, when, when you see that and I'm, sitting there in the stands and and you know not sitting sitting there in the stands uh you know uh i'm tired of sitting there in the stands i want to get back on the sideline and be coaching (laughs) there uh but uh you know it's it is a it is a cool thing to see uh kind of those uh the 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 western schools kind of unite and back each other because like you said you know a norris or a or a uh a creed is, is 20 miles away from Lincoln, 15 miles away from Lincoln, you know, right. you know, that type of thing. So they can, it's, it's a trip over and a trip back and it's a, it's a three hour process. And, and, and right. for you guys, you know, you're three hours into the journey and you're halfway just to get to Lincoln to get to the game, you know, so, right. you know, right. so that's, that's the way it works. So, uh, well, let's, let's uh, transition here, Dave. Uh, we're going to go into, at this point, we go into our Don Meyer quote of the day. So uh, every time that, or for, for every episode, we, we have a Don Meyer quote of the day. And, uh, you know, I will, uh, I'll read the quote and I'll give you a chance to comment on it if you would like. The Don Meyer quote of the day is, We painted a beautiful picture, but we just didn't finish it. Finishing is the difference between a beautiful picture and a masterpiece. Hmm. I like that one. I like, I like them all, it. but I really like that one because you know you, you you talk about finishing it off and and making it that masterpiece and and taking it you know that's the those those hardest steps are are the last few steps to finish off that journey and and I think that's so true when we're coaching our teams that uh, you know you can you can have a good season you can have a really good season but to make it that masterpiece to make it that gem. Those are the hardest steps of all. Those are the hardest things to take care of is that ending part of it, don't you think? Yes, I, I think so for sure. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the devil's in the details too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the devil's in the details. And, and we, we always tell kids, you know, it's the details that get you. And, you know, how you do anything is how you do, it, how you do everything. So finishing is as important as, as getting started. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, when I think about that quote, I just kind of was making me think of we, we put such an emphasis on the process, um, such a huge emphasis on the process of the, the process of preparing, the process of practice, the process of being a teammate, the process of being a student athlete. Um, you know, like you just you do you do the next right thing and then you you know, you go to the next one and you try to get on, you know, you try to do three in a row, you know, it's just, let's just keep trying to do the right thing here and, and keep moving forward. And I think that, you know, I was, 
as you're reading that, I was thinking about, okay, what's our process after wins? What's our process after losses? And I think that, um, you know, how you, how you prepare for that is how you get to the masterpiece. You know I mean? Cause that it, the reality is that there's only one team at the end of the year that gets to walk in with a win, you know, on the, on the last game, everybody has to be prepared to have their, that last game or that last moment, you know, the, of the masterpiece potentially be not what you wanted. And so I think that that's a, that's a scary way to go about painting that picture is the, you know, the masterpiece has to be with a win or with a championship at the end. I think that, you know, for me, the masterpiece that I would want is, you know, I want our kids to be empowered and confident and, you know, feel like they have people they can count on and have experiences they're not going to forget and have learned how tough they are, how to handle adversity, how to handle, you know, um, triumph all those types of things i think that's the masterpiece that you're trying to uh trying to get to because otherwise there's only one team that gets it a year (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and and you and you have to keep that manageable realistic but yet you know once you meet it you got to move that goalpost back a little bit further because you don't want to them to just then be satisfied you gotta okay let's we we met it now let's move it a little bit further down the line and let's see if we can meet it here and let's see if we can meet it here and and i think that's the the art of coaching as opposed to the science of it right 100 percent yeah so so dave let's get into let's get into your philosophy here and, and and i want to talk about uh you know, two or three things here with that. Uh, your, your pressure defense. You said from day one, this is what we're going to do. I, I wrote down your quote here. Uh, we're going to compete no matter what. Uh, so, you know, pressure defense and getting up and down. I've, like I said, I've seen you guys play at the state tournament the last two or three years. And uh, I've just been impressed with, with how your teams compete and how hard they play. Uh, what, uh, and, and I'm just going to, you know, let you go here. Uh, kind of tell us how you built your pressure defense system, your philosophy. Where does it come from? Uh, what do you guys like to do in it? Uh, maybe if you want to talk about what you do in practice to build that philosophy, maybe a couple uh-huh. drills or stuff. I'm just going to kind of let you go here. And, and if I've got any questions or anything I'd like to add, uh, I'll jump in. Okay. So uh, I'm okay. just going to let you roll here. Um, well, well, to begin with, you know, why why that style? Um, why that, why that philosophy? You know, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not a six, four, you know, three, <laughs> I was, I was a five ten point guard and, and all of my, all of my classmates that I grew up with, you know, our biggest guy was six, three and a half. Mm-hmm. So we, we played that style of basketball. And I think that I kind of loved and got a little bit addicted to like that chaos fury hunger that happens when you play that way. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that style is very exciting. It's also very risk reward. And so as a player, I love that. Um, now <laughs> transitioning into a coach in, into the coaching way was, well, I, I also have never had a six, four girl or a six ten guy or, mm-hmm. um, or had the, the tools I felt like I needed to walk, uh, the ball down the floor and just try to execute, you know, one, you know, play at a time and, and, and try to micromanage the game. I'm, I'm a super type B person. I don't believe in micromanaging people or game or anything like that. You know I mean? We have like five offenses. I want to control the defensive pressure and, and tactic. And I pretty much turn offense over to my point guards and to my kids. And I was kind of like, that's kind of our rule. Like, Hey, this side is yours and this side is mine. So, um, 
you know, I, I think I really bought in and committed to that style of the pressure because I felt like that was something I could control. Um, I could always control the tempo. We could always control our intensity. We could always prepare to be conditioned. We could um, we could expect toughness and tenaciousness. We could expect hunting the ball um, and kind of being on the attack all the time. And so those seemed like teachables that we could be consistent with and that we could emphasize, you know, it didn't matter the kids. We didn't matter if we had kids come in that couldn't dribble left-handed or right-handed or could make shots or had never played before. We could be competitive and control at least 50% of the game if we committed to this. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's why we did that, you know? And so we've, (laughs) we've are super committed um, to being in shape, but you know, the kids, people think that that's a battle. It's not, um, you know, we've, I've had some teams where they get stubborn and like, they just don't want to run a certain way or in a certain time. And it's just, you know, there's, there's 17 year old kids. They're stubborn. Sometimes you just have to be more stubborn than them. But, but by and large, you know, that's, that's on an occasion that's happened maybe three times in five years where it's like, okay, this is the team versus me right now. Uh, that being said, three practices out of the last 300, you know, if we say, Hey, we're going to run this because we're going to be in shape better than anybody else okay hey are you willing to do another one and that's you know and then they say yes hey how many do you think the state champion team is willing to run five okay let's do six you know i mean and that's we just talk to them like that and they're like all right let's do six and so i feel like we have been in great shape um and you know we just like I said, I get I get excited when we pursue the ball and hunt the ball and get tips and make it crazy and just force teams to play. At, I think when you force teams to play a certain way, you also have uh, an advantage. You know, I mean, when you and I think that a little bit for us, because we've developed this style and we've committed to it so hard and we've gotten better at it over the years. I think that before people were like, OK, Scott's Bluff is going to press us. <clears throat> All right, got to get ready for that. And I think now after five, six years of it, people are going, they're going to press us. Like it's a, it's a, they're really going to be running. Mm -hmm. They're really going to be coming. It's like, they're not kidding about it. This is, you got to get ready for this thing. They're going to try to run you into the ground. Mm -hmm. And so I think they're like, even just the psyche of that for teams that play us, they're like, we got to be in shape. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hope, I hope they miss, you know, it's yeah. like, cause they're coming down here and they're going to shoot this thing in like 10 seconds. So, and then they're going to trap us and try to get it back. Like it's, it's chaos. It's happening. Um, but, but some so, of that is, is, is winning part of the game before you even tip it off. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and understanding like for us, one of the big benefits for us is that, you know, we've actually started, you talked about trying to play to that expectation. You know, I mean, part of what we've, I, I, I can't explain it any other way that I feel like my team plays the best basketball when we have a break and I call them over to talk to them. And it's like, I can't talk because they can't breathe. And so it's like when they come over and they're in that, mm-hmm. That's usually when I just go, just breathe, because we're like, can you hear that? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. This is it. Like, I was like, if we're like this, they're dying. Like, they're hanging on for one second, because you're in shape. You can do this. And so they've kind of bought into that, like, 
almost manic type of like, hey, we're just coming, 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 coming. And I think the psyche of, hey, we've put ourselves through this. We're ready for it. They're not has has also been an advantage to us. So a little bit of a psychological, a little bit of his physical preparation. A little bit of it is just um, feeling like, you know, we've we can get seven, eight kids to buy into playing really hard no matter what, even if they're terrible at basketball, even if they don't like it at all, um, even if they just came off the softball team um, and and they're a pitch runner, you know, uh-huh. they can come help us. So just trying to be as effective as we can with the kids we have is, is where a lot of where that philosophy started. Um, you know, now we, we pretty much do – talking about our presses you know i mean we we throw a lot of different looks at people you know Mm -hmm. i mean that full court diamond and one you know our x you know and like i don't make any qualms about it you know i scream x (laughs) you know i I scream die i don't try to be sneaky about it it's like we're doing it you know we're doing it so we got to be ready to rock and roll so that diamond and one press has really kind of been our probably our signature press Uh full court you know we put a girl on the ball um Sometimes we'll back it up to three quarter, but in, in terms of of our press, probably I think our our biggest you know pro tip that I can give out of that, if there is one, is that we don't we we teach the first trap and rotation, but that's not where we hang our hat. You know, I mean, so many people I think see a diamond in one press and they think it's all about you know getting that first trap and picking off that reversal that goes backwards underneath the hoop and trying to score a layup. Mm-hmm. I think people think that's the press and it's, it's not, that's like step one. We're actually trying, we focus on step three. So mm-hmm. if, if you ever watch a game or whatever, you'll hear me yelling retrap. You know, I yell retrap to our kids. And so pretty much what our teaching is, is that, yeah, the, the first trap is going to work on occasion when you catch a kid off guard and make a mistake. Yeah. But once we get down to the point where we're playing, you know, in the state tournament or playing to get to the state tournament, most teams can break a press. Yep. Otherwise, they're not there. Yep. So you can't you can't just um, you can't just sell out on that first trap. And so but what a lot of teams don't practice is getting it out of the first trap getting re-trapped and then what do they do yep you know once they get the second trap which we try to make typically at half court or in the deep corner you know our own corner that second trap is typically where you can cause a lot of chaos and -hmm. i think you can cause uh teams to get really disorganized because they're feeling like hey we did everything right we ran our press breaker and we got re-trapped now what do we do yeah and so um that's where we spend a lot of our emphasis is Hey, we want the second trap. The second trap is the one where it's like going to be a layup. You know, yeah. most most good teams at the level we're trying to play at will break your press the first time. But what do you do the second time? Can you corral that kid into a bad spot? Do we have people in position? Are we flying back to other rotations to get easy picks? You know, that type of thing. So, um, and, and that's true really even in our half-court stuff. You know, I mean, this year um, and last year we started doing some one three one things. We, we've ran some one two two stuff in the half-court. You know, even then, you know, our trap, retrap, rotate uh, rotations is really where we spend a lot of our time. And so, that's and, and I don't know for the kids. It seems to help when they're not just so worried about this one thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to press. I'm going to do this one thing. It's kind of getting them into the flow of like we're trying to we're trying to herd 
the other team into bad spots mm-hmm. and then and, and then getting them to recognize where those vulnerable positions are and then what to do once they're there mm-hmm. so really that's that's where we spend a lot of time and i mean that's where we spend a lot of teaching and talking because that that does take a lot of time but once that clicks for kids you know it's it's pretty effective it's pretty fun to watch them <laughs> what are what what are some things that you do to to teach that how do you break it down uh, so <laughs> some of the things that we'll do is we're working a lot on, you know, we do a lot of visual stuff where we're showing kids bad spots. We're like, Hey, this is a spot we want to go. You know I mean? Everybody knows those right where you throw it in first corner, mm-hmm. obviously half court sideline, terrible, the opposite, you know, the, <laughs> the corners on your side of the basket. So we're just trying to teach them those spots visually first. And then, um, you know, recognizing personnel and situations, dead ball, kid going left-handed head down um those types of things so we do a lot of like one-on-one turnum drill we do a lot of like full court 2v1 3v1 type of stuff um you know and those those help our our guards with with breaking pressure also so we'll do 2v1 full court 3v1 um 2v4 full court type of stuff where the defense has the advantage already and they're just practicing getting comfortable with it Mm -hmm. like oh i see it now where do i rotate to oh i recognize it now do i you know those types of things so uh that type of stuff um you know we do a lot of we do a lot of of uneven how do I want to say that? They're short-sided games, so like within the half court, but a lot of 3v2 or 2v1 or 5v6 or, you know, that type of thing. And, like, honestly, when we're working on our full-court press, we'll put seven or eight kids out there on, on offense against us. You know, so we'll make them play 8v5. And just like, okay, well, how – trying to get them to manage and herd eight kids – versus just hurting five you know not instead of just thinking like oh the ball goes here this is my spot the ball goes there this is my spot we want them thinking like where's that where's our advantage at where's our opportunity at in this defense so a lot of just kind of stacking the deck against them yeah (laughs) and 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 then talking about well where was your chance where was your opportunity because it's and i think getting them to develop this belief in this mentality that like it's going to happen. They're going to put themselves in a situation where it's advantage us, and then we just have to jump. Like it's, it doesn't matter if there's eight kids out there or four kids out there. They're gonna their offense is is at a disadvantage when we play this type of defense because we're forcing them to make decisions, and we're basically taking the chance that eventually someone's going to make a poor one. Right. <laughs> how much? How much do you talk to your kids about? Because because I'm a I'm a pressure guy, so I like talking to other coaches about pressure. It's right in my wheelhouse. How much? Yep. How much do you talk to your kids about? Uh, hey, we just need to play. This this game can be even for 28 minutes. All we need to do is play even with the other team. We just need to win one four minute segment and make that run you know i i think <laughs> i'm going to steal that from you because i've not <laughs> said it that way uh-huh. um so okay. you can charge me for that one yep, okay so we're up to three now the, the, yep. the, the bill's <laughs> um, getting bigger you know, I, I really i really do like how you said that um and i think that that's kind of that's kind of what we are talking about and what we mean when we get our kids like to that that <sighs> 
and you can kind of see kids kind of starting to break a little bit. It's just everything they can do to like keep it even where it's like, this is it. It's going to break open. This is the one run that we got to win. You know, it's like, this is just, it just comes down to, can you win, you know, one run more than they do? And so, you know, I, I think that in terms of pressure, that's what you're hanging on for. And it's almost, I'll tell you what, as we've gotten a little bit stronger skill wise over the last couple of years, I think our pressure defense has actually gotten a little bit worse. And I think part of that too, is that we've had some leads. And so we've had to play from play from ahead, Uh which we, my first two years as a head coach. And I mean, really my first three years as a head coach, we had never practiced that. All we had ever done was play behind. Mm We had always played behind. And so, learning how to play you know with the lead changed out a little bit but also i think we were we were as good when we were winning seven and eight games and we were losing more games so we had to be on the attack defensively more and now with a little bit more skill or confidence offensively we're able to kind of pick and choose like all right now we're going to turn it on boom all right now we're hey we're down six here we gotta we gotta come up with something so i don't think it's as much our identity right now as it was four years ago but it could you know this year it I, I don't know about for you, but it feels like my team changes every year. Sure. It's like, you know, you, you get them and you coach them and you're like, okay, this team's doing a really good job of this. And you get the next group the next year and you're like, okay, they're entirely different. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to figure this out. Well, so I, I think that's the thing that you do in program building is right. you, you find, you know, here's, here's our two, three, four key tenets that, that everything that every group is going to have in some way, shape, or form. For you guys and your pressure defense, it's okay with this group. It's on the ball, diamond press, uh, ninety-four by fifty. We're trapping this this thing wherever it goes. Whereas two years ago or two years from now, it may be uh, we're still pressuring, but maybe it's more of a three-quarter court, and it's going to be more opportunistic trapping. But it's always going to be in the back of your mind that we could trap. But we know we're not going to trap as much as we did two years ago. Oh, or, right. or something like that, but it, it's ingrained right. in your DNA. You're just tweaking the DNA year in and year out at this point. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, that's exactly right. You know, we had a, a couple of those years, we had these, just these amazing group of, of athletes. You know, we had the best volleyball player in the area and the best softball player in the area. And we had, you know, the best track kid, Garcia, and we had, you know, probably the best, um, <clears throat> unrecognized athlete in the Krentz kid, um, you know, cause she was a one sporter. We had all these like phenom athletes out of their own sports. And we, and we went, we did pretty much all man to man press with that year. We went run and jump, you know? And so, and now this year we've got all this height with the harsh girl and the horn kid and Berta's long. And, you know, we've got all this height. And so we're going one, three, one, but we're still, going to trap out of it and so i think just like you said i like that a lot the dna of trap pressure and and um i think more attacking i think just attacking defense i'm not sure that it's always full court or always pressure but i always want our kids to be on the attack and on the hunt on defense instead of being kind of passive and protective like okay i'm just gonna you know and and there's there's coaches and like we play them all the time like just drives me nuts because their philosophy is like pack it in just keep everything in front of you you know Mm -hmm. make them make shots and it's like okay well that's effective but i can't live like that yeah (laughs) yeah well yeah and and it's all about matching up what's good for your team and Mm -hmm. and 
balancing that out within your own philosophy. And and sometimes if you do this long enough, uh, you'll know that that hey, I would love to be able to do this, but this is what they're good at, and this is what fits our kids. So right. as much as I want to hold my own nose and and kind of throw up in my mouth every time a little bit every time we do this. Right. Winning, winning is the ultimate aphrodisiac here, and that's what it comes down to. And this, as much as it goes against what I would like to do, this is what we need to do. And and yep. I, and and I think that's the most important thing you can do. No, I I, I agree with you one hundred percent. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and, it's, and it is amazing how how much of a cure winning is. Yes, <laughs> you, know, you can you can coach the best game of your life, lose by one, and you still lost. You can coach the worst game of your life, win by ten. Hey, but you're a winner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about let's talk about the other side of the ball here and attacking on offense, shooting the three. You guys have really uh, you've referred to it. Uh, you guys really get up and down. You, you want to get uh, you know shots up quickly. Uh, you do shoot a lot of three point shots. So kind of go on the flip side of how you want to attack on the offensive end and kind of the same thing, Dave. You know, what do you guys do to build that philosophy and practice? What are some things that you guys do to to integrate that into your DNA? Right. Well, I, I think, you know, first off is that we do shoot a lot of threes. And we, and we make a lot of threes, and we've had really good three-point shooters. But we're actually not trying um, to, to just emphasize on threes. We're actually trying to emphasize attacking. We, we, want, to, we want to get run-out layups. We want to get, you know, they call them huppies from PGC. We want to get two feet in the paint, ball fake, get to the foul line. You know, um, that's our philosophy. That's actually our philosophy. That's what we teach all the time is we want to spread the floor and get layups. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you attack the as you attack the rim aggressively, the exterior becomes open. And so our kids have really kind of they've developed that skill to hunt the paint, but then to get the ball out. And you know, we do a drill called one more. Um, basically it's those four kids in like the four spots of a four out one in offense. There's three kids on defense and, you know, we'll, we'll kick them the ball. And and the rule is this is they're just swinging the ball out. Defense is rotating and closing out. Um, and when the coach blows a whistle on the next open shot, it has to, it has to be shot. doesn't matter who it is. It matters that it's the right open shot. And so that's all we're trying to teach kids. And we, I mean, I say this, nonstop i don't care who shoots it i care when we shoot it and i don't care where we shoot it i care why we shot it you know i mean if we're shooting a 24 footer and like i mean if you've seen us play like our kids let it rip 23 24 feet um and you know it's like well why'd you shoot that one i was i was feeling it i was open it's like okay you know if that's if that's if that's the answer green light um so i you know i i think we just want kids to shoot open shots in rhythm. That's mm-hmm. that's our biggest. That's our philosophy. That's our that's our tip to making a bunch of threes. Is we want kids shooting with confidence in rhythm, open. And if if doesn't matter who it is, we feel like at high school, kids that believe that they can shoot it and want to shoot it and are sh- and and <laughs> like we want them to shoot it, will make more shots. And so a lot of it's kind of a philosophy thing of. Uh, <laughs> 
we want kids to be confident playing. And, and so the part of that and shooting it and the, the other part of that offensive, like that run fast, just attack the rim is like, we, I also just don't want kids thinking, um, every time they catch the ball, I want them playing. And so <laughs> we tell them lots of times, you know, with our, I would say our middle kids are, are not top three advanced kids. We're telling them, Hey, <laughs> Whatever comes to your mind of, whatever comes to your mind, do that. Do it first. Do it right away. Just go. If you want to, if you're going to shoot it, shoot it. If you're going to attack, attack. If you're going to pass, pass. Whatever your instinct is, do that and do it hard. Um, mm-hmm. that, that way we don't have the hesitation of, oh, I should have passed it. Oh, I could have shot it. Oh, I was going to drive it. And then the play dies anyways. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we're, we're really trying to teach rhythm and confidence. In, in our offense, you know, like we teach a drive, pass, pass. You know, we want drive, pass, pass, drive, pass, pass. And um, we call it, you know, we call it breathing. It's like a drive is a is an inhale and a pass is an exhale. It's like, you know, if you if all you do is drive, you're going to suffocate. It's also, if all you do is pass, you're going to suffocate. So there has to be, we talked to them about getting that rhythm um, to open stuff up. And, um, you know, that's, that's a lot of it. We, we just want to teach rhythm and we want to teach confidence and, and attack. So it just happens that we're like, you know, an average height of five, five and we shoot a bunch of threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you, uh, do you, do you have a process of, uh, I want to say this carefully here. Um, you know, Mike neighbors has his green light, yellow light, red light type of thing. You're talking about giving kids freedom to shoot. But there's there's got to be some situations where even you're like, oh Mary, uh, not not probably what we were looking for in that situation. Is is there a little bit of a method to the madness of, hey, we want you to shoot, we want you to shoot open shots and with confidence, but hey Mary, these are the shots you should be hunting in particular, or Susie, right. these are the shots you should be hunting in particular, uh, that type right. of thing. So, uh, to- totally understand what you're saying there. Uh, they're probably, we, we live with some bad shots. Okay. We, we live with some kids taking shots that you and I and everyone else, including them know that they probably shouldn't have shot. But we also know that like <laughs> experience is a great teacher and it usually only takes those kids a couple of times of shooting that shot before they're like, nah, that's not really mine. Um, you know, I, I haven't ever had a kid who I felt like was just casting because they needed shots and they were going to get stats. And I've never had to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have had some kids shoot a couple where it's like, hey, you know, what do you think about that one? And they're usually like, oh, my God, my, I'm sorry. I don't know. I freaked out. And you're like, OK, <laughs> okay. it's like because I think if you had thrown one more, you know, we had we had. Peyton wide open or we had Mariah wide open. I know I just freaked out. It's like, okay. So I like, I'm, and I've never yelled at a kid for shooting a shot. I actually yell at kids for not shooting shots way more often. So that's a mistake that I'm willing to live with. And honestly, it's because I just want kids to have confidence. I want them to feel like we want them to shoot. I want them to feel like we want them to make plays. I want them to feel like we trust them and, and not like they're under, like, like they're being, you know, constricted or, or confined. And so we live with some of those mistakes, uh, just particularly with girls, man. I think that if you tell them they can conquer the world and they believe that you think that they will, <laughs> you know I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of kids who I'm like, you know what? I, if I had to pick money on her to make that shot, 
I probably wouldn't have, but she did because, you know, she was like, it's my turn. I'm going to do this for the team. Boom. It's like, yeah. all right. Good. So we've had as many of those moments where it's like, damn, did she just make that? Like, who is this? <laughs> Versus where it's like, oh, my God, so-and-so is shooting it again. So yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of live with that. Um, but, you know, in all honesty, though, like in practice, like, when we're doing that one more drill, like we get pretty serious and pretty honest with them about like, that's not the right shot. That's the wrong time. <laughs> like I know that you shot that shot and you got it off, but the best shooter in the gym is right next to you. Yeah. What's the best play for the team? So we, we try to be really honest with them about it during practice. Um, and, and try have a really high expectation of the rhythm that we're shooting the ball in, who's shooting it and the, and the accuracy, the efficiency that we're shooting it with within that drill. It's like, you know, we'll do that drill sometimes. And I mean, there are times in that drill where I'm like, Oh my God, we <laughs> are going to win every game. We can't miss. And there's times in that drill where I'm like, I, we are going to have to shoot just layups because we're terrible. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with just the rhythm and the energy and the momentum that they're creating within themselves. And, and we talk about that all the time. Like, Hey, when you come out and you think we're going to make shots, we start making shots. When all y'all are doing is thinking about the last miss that you had, we start missing. So, um, you know, we just we try to be really honest with them. Like, hey, that was a great shot. Hey, that's probably not the one. Or don't mind you shooting it, but if you have her right there, she's better at this than you. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we if we need someone to go in and crash and rebound or make a left-handed move, we're going to call your number. But on this one, she's probably better at this. Yeah. And so I think that – I think that kids appreciate, not kids, I think humans appreciate honesty, especially when it comes from a place of like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to get all of us to this place that we want to go to. So, you know, that's, that's, I think where we've, what we've done with that. And yeah, I mean, we live with some bad ones, (laughs) but I don't know. I guess that's, I've just, I've been okay with that. You know, I've, it's it's in the grand scheme of things you know i think when you're trying to control shots um you've let the game get away from you a little bit because i think the beauty of basketball is that it's unpredictable and that it's so up and down and and governed by runs that i think you have to embrace the the chaos of it you know I mean, we, we sit here and watch these NBA guys and watch March Madness and Final Four women. I mean, they'll go stretches four or five minutes without making a basket, yep. you know. So I think you just have to let the, the misses and the makes go. Um, and we try to release them of that pressure. Yep. So the, the, the one benefit of last season coaching with masks on is when a kid took a, a shot you did not want them to take or whatever it may be. Neither the kids or the parents could read your lips and and truly see the reaction that you truly had underneath that mask. Um, you know, uh, my 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 assistants would hear me, uh, but 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 that was it. You know, and and I you know you could just sit there and you say, "Holy monkey farts! What are we doing out there?" But yeah. but, but nobody else saw it. All it was it was just uh, it was just the assistant coaches that hear you on that, Dave. So. That that yeah. was the one benefit. That was the one my, benefit. My assistants and I have made a couple of uh, remarks about possibly keeping the mask going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so would would yeah. be the worst thing in the world. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, any social media you'd like to plug for your program, Coach? Um, you know we we really don't have one. Um, we just we've got a booster club that that posts some stuff for us on our Universal School page, but mm-hmm. um. 
no, I mean, we just, we, uh, we don't really have one. So I'm behind the ball on that there, coach. How about, how about you personally? You got anything out there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've just got my, my Facebook page, David Ballish, and um, I've got an Instagram account that's badly abused and hardly ever used. But uh, if, any, if anyone ever wanted to reach out or have questions or give me some ideas, I'd, I'd love to hear from them. Perfect, perfect. Coach, I hope you had a good time on the uh, the pod here. I'm, I'm interrupting your, your family vacation here, but uh, I'm, I'm thankful that you decided to come on. This was a great conversation today. No, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you, and, and uh, thanks for letting me get to talk about something I care a whole lot about. I appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. Well, why don't you hold the line here a second? I'm going to wrap up a couple of things, and we're going to head out. Okay, uh, sounds great. Dave Bolish, girls basketball coach at Scotts Bluff High School here in Nebraska. Again, we want to thank our founding sponsor, Cossack Chiropractic, for sponsoring the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Like I said, a pen and a napkin. Uh, that is the handle name. So uh, a lot of good stuff that we try to put out on a daily basis there. Uh, download, rate, review the pod. If you're, if you're Obviously, if you're listening, uh, you've got that going on. Email me if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out a pen and a napkin dot com and a pen and napkin university again this week we're talking about interviewing for a job uh this has been dave bolish the girls basketball coach at scotts bluff high school here in scotts bluff nebraska coaches as always let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time